0: And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Alright everybody, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders Podcast. So glad you could join us today for this show. Lots going on in Islanders' world tonight. Game 3 at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum should be a dandy of a game, and we'll have a full preview of it, including the keys to the game for the Islanders, especially in light of what we've seen in the first two games of this series. Don't forget, today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. So, tonight Big game three. We will break it all down for you, including some of the things the Islanders definitely need to change up and why I think it's very possible that they can do it based on the fact that the next two games are at the friendly confines of the old barn. If there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss, Feel free to email the show. The address is LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your name and where you're from, we are more than happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I'm also live tweeting during every Islanders game, so uh, definitely, you know, if you want some instant insight and analysis, or you have a question, or something that's on your mind, please feel free. It's always great to to tweet with Islanders fans, and, and you know, just talk some playoff hockey uh, during all of these games. So, Game 3 tonight at the Coliseum, obviously, uh, A big game. And, you know, the thing about playoff contests is that the odd-numbered games, especially in a close series, are always the most important. I mean, you go into a a series tied 1-1, the team that wins game three is at a distinct advantage. Uh, You know, tied 2-2, the team that goes up 3-2 always has a a big advantage. Even-numbered games are more sort of desperation usually for one team. Uh, the team that's down 2-1 to one or 3-2, to two and they really need to win the next game. But those, those uh, odd-numbered games, Game 1, Game 3, Game 5, those are sort of like toss-up questions to see who gets control of the board uh, in a game show. And the Islanders and Penguins, big game tonight to try to determine who is it that's going to take control. And one of the reasons that I really feel strongly that the Islanders can come out and play better in this game and really do some of the things that you expect the Islanders to do is because this game will be at the Nassau Coliseum. And it was frustrating to me after watching this team all season that they really only played Islanders-style hockey— for a couple of periods in this game, it was really the third period and uh, of game one and the second period of game two, where the islanders controlled the tempo, got their four check going was you know were cycling in the neutral zone uh, i mean in the offensive zone and slowing things down in the neutral zone, all of that that the Islanders generally do so well and they help wear down the opposition. That didn't happen enough in the first two games of the series, and yet the Islanders still managed to uh, overcome that and win game one in overtime. And look, you know what? Through two games, I think it's very fitting that you know both teams have essentially scored the same number of goals, five goals. Uh, It's been a very, very evenly matched series so far. But you look at the Islanders, and they were so successful at home all year long. They really did a great job of taking advantage of having that final change. And I think that You know, when you have a great coach like Barry Trotz, a guy who's been there, done that, won a Stanley Cup, he has worked with all kinds of different teams. I mean, when he won his Stanley Cup in Washington, he had very talented players up and down that roster. Your Nicholas Backstrom's, obviously, your Alexander Ovechkin's. There were some darn good, talented hockey players, and that team could play any style offensively open it up, defensively shut it down. Uh, You want to get physical. They had guys who could get physical like Tom Wilson, everybody's favorite, Uh, you know. So the point is Barry Trotz, he's played with expansion teams and he's played with very, very deep and talented teams and he knows how to beat you whichever way you want to. And, you know, to me, I have heard so many different people talk about the Islanders dynasty teams that way uh under Al Arbor, where, you know, you wanted to play a, a, a physical game, well they had guys like Clark Gillies and Gordy Lane and uh, you know, guys who weren't afraid to drop the gloves. If you wanted to play a tight defensive style, they had Kenny Morrow and they had Dennis Potvin and they had, you know, checkers even like Billy Carroll uh or or John Tanelli and Bobby Nystrom who could grind it out and go into the corners and get the puck. Well, you know, again Not that I'm comparing Barry Trotz to Al Arbour because Al Arbour is still the greatest coach in the history of the Islanders by a mile, but the fact that you know there's a similarity there in that Barry Trotz can pretty much play any style he wants to in a game. He's going up now with a team that is best suited to be checking and uh, physical and grinded out, and he will match up to make sure that he gets more of the, uh, matchups that he wants. What is that going to mean? One thing I think for sure it's going to mean is that when Crosby, Gunsell, and Rust, the Penguins' top line is out there, we're going to see a lot of the Pajot line. We may see some of the identity line, but I think we're going to see a lot of Pajot, Wallstrom, uh, And Palmieri out there against that trio to try to slow them down. And perhaps more important, I think we'll see a lot of Pelik and Pulak out there against the Penguins' top line now that the Islanders actually have that final change. And the other thing is that the Islanders are going to want to get their top line of Barzal and Eberly, and again, probably Uncle Leo. Uh, away from that Bluger-Aston-Reese-Tanev line that was so very effective in game number two. So I I think that you'll see these matchups favoring the Islanders a little bit more, and it's something that the Islanders have to take advantage of. As far as, uh, you know, Goaltending is concerned? Well, we'll talk about that and a whole lot more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure the often pointless and seemingly intimidating questions from the counterperson when they order only the parts that they have available on their warehouse computer? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Now, rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. And you can choose from parts, auto and body parts, from hundreds of manufacturers on their site. They've got everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, or even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, You can get everything you need in just a few clicks and it'll be delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How how Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So when you talk about goaltending through two games, I think the Islanders have to be pleased with what they've gotten. I mean, Ilya Sorokin played very, very well in Game 1, earned the overtime win, and Simeon Varlamov was very strong in Game 2, with the exception, yes, of that soft goal in the first few minutes that put the Islanders down 1-0. Obviously, that's one he wants back, but obviously he can't do that. But, I think that, you know, as the game went on, the most encouraging factor was Varlamov did not let that bad goal bother him, and he was able to get back into the game, can't blame him for the second goal, really, and, uh, you know, he made more than 40 saves in game number two, so I think the Islanders will go back with Varlamov, and that is, to me, a big advantage for the Islanders. The Islanders uh, I would take Varlamov over Pierre, uh, Tristan Jarry any day. And no offense to Jarry, I think he's a good goalie, but he is not in the same league as Simeon Varlamov and that gives the Islanders uh an edge. And you know m- maybe Jarry proves us wrong. He played pretty pretty well in game number two, but at the same time, uh, uh, you know, Varley has more playoff experience, he has better numbers, and I think he has a team that consistently plays better defense in front of him, at least it did, over the course of the entire regular season. So, that's a big advantage for the Islanders, and I think that that is something that they have to play up. Another area that they have to work on. Please, please, let's get this power play moving. It's been an issue all year. We talked about it in when we previewed this series, and so far, it has been an issue. Now, obviously, the Islanders have only had two power play chances in the two games that have been played so far. Not two in each game. That's two total. And, look, I don't have to say this, you know, this isn't going to be news to any Islander fan who's been watching the team all season, but they don't get the calls that they deserve. And, you know, you can complain about it all you want, and it may not be fair in the long run, but the more you work, the more you keep your feet moving, the more you forecheck, you force the other team into taking penalties by pressuring them and, and making them recover when they don't have the puck. So, to me, for the Islanders, they've got to get more power play opportunities, and I think playing at home will be a good step in that direction. It'll be helpful. But the other thing is this. The Islanders need to take advantage of those power play chances when they get them, whether it's one a game or four or five, you know, if they can get one power play goal in each game of this series, they will be in a very good position, and Pittsburgh's penalty kill is not the best, and the Islanders really need to take advantage of that matchup, and to me, there are two guys who really are very vital on the power play, depending on which unit is out there. One is Nick Letty. He tends to be the quarterback of the power play when he's on the ice. And the other, interestingly enough, on the second unit tends to be Josh Bailey. I know Noah Dobson is often out there on one point, but Bales is often on the other point. And Bailey has the experience, and he is, in my mind, the Islanders' best playmaker, passer, and getting him out there on the power play to move the puck, to make those cross-ice passes that this team doesn't make enough, and to move, you gotta make those cross-ice passes that make the penalty killers chase the puck and tire themselves out, and then you gotta move without the puck and you got to set somebody up in front of that goal to screen the goalie, get those deflections, those tips, those redirections. Those are things, and those rebounds, and those are that's one of the areas where they miss Anders Lee more than anything. But these are things the Islanders absolutely must do in this game uh, if they want to win this game and really win this series. If they can't get their power play going, it's going to be difficult. Now, the flip side of that, the penalty kill has been great so far in this series, and the Penguins have had a lot of chances, but the Islanders' PK has really shut them down. And, you know, Sezikis and Clutterbuck always do a good job. Pajot is always out there. Pelik and Pulak are usually out there. Uh, Andy Green has played well on the PK a, a, a number of times. So far in this series, so gotta give credit to him. But at the end of the day, special teams always matters more in the playoffs, and the Islanders need to take advantage of those opportunities, limit the number of times that Pittsburgh power play is out there because they are so potent, and take advantage of those opportunities that the Islanders get with the man advantage. It's not that far-fetched, but they've got to move the puck a little bit better. More than anything else, they've got to move the puck and not just move it around the perimeter and kill time. They've got to move it so that the uh, penalty killers tire out, and they've got to get shots on net and players in front of that net to screen the goalie, get the rebounds, get the deflections, and create quality scoring chances from in low. So frustrating that throughout the first two games, it's been the Penguins who have had more scoring chances from the high danger areas. If you want to talk about scoring chances, quality opportunities from prime locations on the ice, Pittsburgh has had many, many more of them than the Islanders. It's time for the Islanders to get into those dirty areas and start to create quality scoring chances, that is going to be a huge key for this team going forward. And I know that there is no Anders Lee, but Brock Nelson uh, can certainly do that. Uncle Leo can do it to a point. Uh, Matt Martin can certainly get in there. And I'll tell you something else, Oliver Wallstrom, he's probably a year or two away from really being able to do it well, but he should be out there trying and Palmieri can certainly do it as well, so we'll see if the Islanders can pick up on these things and improve them. If they do, I think they've got a really good chance of coming away with a win in Game 3. We've got more to talk about. We will give you our predictions and some final thoughts on Game 3. We also have our Islanders birthday of the day. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, today's podcast is also brought to you by your friends at Bet Bet BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you could track all the action at Bet Online. We still have the Belmont Stakes, the final leg of the Triple Crown, and the NBA playoffs, and of course the Stanley Cup playoffs as well. You can also get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs: MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, and MMA as well. And before the next face-off, Head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get in on the action and as teams go on their playoff runs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on. Bet BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, time for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and uh, right now, we want to wish uh, a very happy birthday to former Islanders defenseman Bob Beers. Beers turns 54 years old today, born on May 20th, 1967, actually a native of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which uh, back then, not a lot of hockey players uh, coming out of Pittsburgh, but Beers uh drafted in the 10th round by the Boston Bruins back in 1985 played uh at the University of Maine for 3 years after 1 year at Northern Arizona University and then made his Bruins debut in 1989-90 stayed with Boston for several years before eventually joining the Tampa Bay Lightning the uh Edmonton Oilers, and then in 1994-95, the New York Islanders stayed with the Isles through the 95-96 season, where he spent some time on the Island and some time with their affiliate, the Utah Grizzlies, then finished up his NHL career back with Boston. Beers, 28 goals and 107 points in 258 NHL games in his career at 6'2", 200, had pretty good size for uh, a, a player back then. We're going to look at one of his better moments as an Islander, April 7th, 1985 at Madison Square Garden. Islanders taking on the Rangers. Tommy Soderstrom is the goalie for the Islanders, while Mike Richter got the start for the New York Rangers, and it was the Rangers getting on the board first. Alex uh, Alex Kovalev, his 11th of the year, Mark Osborne and Brian Leach with the assists at 3:32. That was a shorthanded goal as uh, Kevin Lowe was in the box for interference. Then Pat Verbeek scored from Adam Graves and Brian Leach, and it was 2-0 Rangers midway through the first period. But the Islanders struck back. After a fight between Dean Chanauth and Nick Kiprios, the Islanders got a power play opportunity when Joey Kosher was called for roughing and our Islanders' birthday of the day. Bob Beers put the puck home his second of the year. Matthew Schneider and Ray Ferraro with the helpers, after one period. It was a two to one hockey game in the second period. Travis Green tied it early for the Islanders. Chris Marinucci got the only assist at two fifty three It was two to two. Then the Rangers struck back. Mark Messier, his 14th from Steve Larmer and Brian Leach at 540, made it 3-2 Rangers, but the Islanders answer back late in that second period. Travis Green, his third from Ziggy Palfy and Brent Severin. It's all even at three apiece after 40 minutes. In the third, the Islanders get the only goal of the period. Ron Sutter, his first from Marty McGinnis. That is the game-winner. Islanders hold on and beat the Rangers by a score of 4-3. 31 saves for Tommy Soderstrom to earn the win. Meanwhile, for Bob Beers, our Islanders' birthday of the day, he scored on his only shot on goal in this game. And uh, that was one of only two goals he had as a member of the Islanders. So again, a very happy 54th birthday to former Islanders defenseman, Bob Beers, and we certainly wish him uh, many, many happy and healthy more. Heading into this game now, the Islanders really hoping to get that top line going, and they really need to. And again, you know, we talked about the importance of those lineups, uh, matchups, and having the last change. Well, in the first two games, the Penguins were able to get Chris Letang and Brian DeMoulin against that Barzal-Eberle-Uncle-Leo line. Well, those two guys did a great job of shutting down the Islanders' top line. They just didn't create very many good scoring chances. I mean, at the end of the day... uh if your top line isn't producing at all, you're in trouble. So, I think that one of the matchups to look for in Game 3 is whether or not Barry Trotz can get that top line away from the Penguins' top defense pairing. It will be crucial for the Islanders to try to make sure that, you know, maybe they see more of Marcus Pedersen and John Marino or Michael Matheson and Cody Ceci but you want to keep him away from Latang and Demoulin, and Demoulin again, one of those guys who is still, you know, his health is is up in the air whether or not he'll be available for this game. That remains to be seen. Uh, he's day to day. Evan Rodriguez remains out. Casey DeSmith and Evgeny Malkin remain day to day. Obviously, it's an advantage to the Islanders if Malkin is unavailable to play. So we'll keep an eye on that situation, and follow me on Twitter. We'll keep you up to date uh, as soon as we hear anything about who's available and who's not available for Game 3. So, a big pivotal hockey game coming up for the Islanders, and uh, hopefully they will bounce back and get things done uh, in Game Number 3. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. That is going to do it for today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Don't forget, we'll be back tomorrow and every day. We the new episode posts just after midnight, around 12:25 a.m. So. If you want to stay up and listen to it before bed, feel free. If you're an early riser, it'll be in your inbox waiting for you uh, as long as you subscribe to the Locked on Islanders podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Enjoy Game 3, and of course, let's go Islanders.